I, I got a cool uh, voice telling me that recording was in progress. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got a robot lady. Yeah, that's cool. Good morning, and welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric. Jonathan is here as usual, recording way early today for me, which is 10 a.m. on a Sunday. But I'm, I'm hyped to wake up by doing this. And we also have a guest with us. He's way up earlier, you could say. Yeah, slightly on earlier. The, on, the other side, on the other side of the pond, on the <laughs> other side of the Atlantic. Welcome in, Greg. Yes, hello. Good morning, uh, gentlemen. Nice to have you here. Oh, it's nice to be here. You've also been kind of around since I think the way way back. I think we mentioned you in in the Christmas special or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I sent you guys yeah. I sent you guys an email. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so you, you're one of those guys that've been around for a bit. We have a guest up and coming uh, that we hinted on Instagram, Ben from Australia, who was also in from about that time. So nice, it's also awesome. new, new continents, which is great for us. That's yeah. kind of why we do it, you know, to expand the maiden family a little bit, you know. We yeah, realized right. this band is quite a deal, you know, quite a big deal, it turns out. <laughs> that might be the understatement of the week. Iron Maiden, yeah. quite, a, quite a deal. <laughs> yeah, a bit quite of a, a big deal. deal. <laughs> yeah. So happy to have you on. Uh, I want to try my luck on your last name, because Eric didn't. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, let me hear it. Di Pascal. Close, Di Pasquale. Oh, okay. Di Pasquale, yeah. all right. There's always, a, there's always a trick. Di Pasquale. Yeah, yeah, Di Pasquale, you got it, yeah. There we go. And uh, what about today? We have two epic songs, you could say. Of, uh, well, we have two know. long songs. Yeah, <laughs> two long songs. Okay, yeah, two long songs. I tell you, get one epic and one long song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two songs that I, I think they're almost in a way they could be looked at as companion pieces if you if you break them down and look at them, mm -hmm. kind of deconstruct them. They can almost be companion pieces, and and obviously companions of two different breeds, I guess, because. Well, yeah. one is one is great, and other not so much. No, and, yeah, in, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, we'll get into the details, I guess, over time. Right. But uh, yeah, we'll start at the start, which is uh, "Dream of Mirrors," if I'm correct. Is that right? D R. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. yeah makes... above D O, right? And uh, yeah, that makes sense. It'll be our third time on Brave New World, I, I do think. Hmm? We've done Blood Brothers and the title track before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always a nice album to revisit, and this is a good opportunity to ask you, Greg, uh, how you got into the band, you know, your maiden backstory. Well, um, probably like a lot of people, you know, they, they were never really a band that was dependent on radio or airplay or anything like that. And I probably heard them, I think, the first time it would have been maybe 1992 or 93 when I was 10 or 11. And uh, the local rock station here in Buffalo, they would play Run to the Hills. And then, um, you know, that was just a cool song I heard. And then, you know, when you're that young, you don't really have a lot of disposable income. And so when I started kind of getting maybe maybe a year or two later, I started to see like, you know, the artwork more around and more abundant. And of course, that's like the artwork, the Derek Reg stuff always looks great. 
but it, yeah. even more so when you're when right, you're a young kid. And I think the one that jumped out at me was a, a real live one where Eddie's like ripping like the cable in ripping half. Cables, yeah, yeah, right, cool. yeah. With the electric, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It looks awesome. So, and that was right around that time. Yeah, or a little bit later actually. That was like two years later or something after yeah. you heard Run to the Hills. Yeah, there was a guy at lunch uh, who was who had Iron Maiden tapes, and he didn't like he didn't like he like it was a phase for him, and he wanted to get rid of them. And he was like, "I'll tell you what, if you give me your chocolate milk every day for a week at lunch, I'll yeah. give you my my Iron Maiden tapes." And he had the first album, he had uh, Killers, and Somewhere in Time, and those oh, the nice. first three are so. So for a week's worth of chocolate milk, I basically like almost changed like the entire course of my life. So it's pretty wild. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a good trade. It reminds me that Eric had yeah. something. Of, no, it was Eric Arke, our other friend. Yeah. He had a friend that gave him these burnt CDs, but for yeah. no chocolate milk though. He didn't have to provide chocolate milk for a week. But I think <laughs> I should have negotiated deal. maybe a little bit harder. But you know, you <laughs> yeah. live and you learn. You know, it's a good deal still. It's a good deal still. Yeah, absolutely. But, and then over the years, like uh, through the 90s or, and up till now, you know, it's been 30 years, I guess, almost since you start listening to, to Maiden. Have you, has your like fanship uh, wavered anything or have you been like a steady fan throughout the years? Um, I mean, like, you know, the Blaze years were tough years. And uh, that's why it's kind of, it's great that we're kind of getting into part of that as well. But um, I think the Blaze years really reinforced how much i love that band because when they got when they spun out of the blaze years it's funny like the two songs that we're doing just because of what we're talking about right now yeah have the, the reason the reason that kind of like those were tough years yeah not yeah. just for maiden but for really any band of that ilk you know what i'm saying like it was just tough years but then when they spun out of it with brave new world it was almost like I mean, it was almost like, oh my god! Like it was, yeah. it was everything that that you loved about that band, you know. Yeah. And it was like, it, it was just, it was just all there. And it, and it, you know, it's just why it is, especially because I, from what I understand, some of the songs from Brave New World were kind of left over from the Virtual Eleven sessions, or but, unfinished, yeah, or unfinished for that yeah. matter. And and so it, it, I don't think it was a question of. <sighs> it might be beyond tangible things. There's an intent. One thing I've learned from being in bands that I've come to appreciate more with time as opposed to being younger is that there's intangible elements of chemistry with certain people. And Definitely. it doesn't matter if you have the ability here to perform it and write it. If you, if you lack like the, the here with whoever you're around it, like there's something to be said there. And I'm not like a big, like, you know, spirit guy or whatever, but you know, yeah, there's yeah. something there. There is something there, and it was not there without Bruce or yeah, Adrian. No. I think, or Adrian for that matter. True, Let's true. not forget that's a, that might that was a, another huge loss for that band. But yeah. when you put those two back in the mix, it was just like there it was. You know? Yeah, you're right. There's something slightly sad about the '90s, and that's before Bruce left. It's already there. That, that oh, vibe yeah. that is a bit, a bit you know. There was um, something missing me immediately after Adrian was left. Yeah. I, in my opinion, from eighty to eighty-eight, they're they're basically bulletproof. But the first yeah, time yeah. for me that they, that they oh. ever really slipped was No Prayer for the Dying. 
yeah. that's like the first album they had where I found myself like when I got it, it was like, oh, that song is, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm warming up on it now, but yeah, definitely there's some, a bit there's some good songs. And huh? I even I even like how they kind of like pulled things back and went for more of like a straight ahead rock vibe. And I can even get into the humor of songs like Holy Smoke and shit like that. I like that but now. Like, I've started like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's it. I can respect the record, and I think Fear of the Dark is better. But they, okay, Adrian Smith, he is like, he's like the secret. I mean, it's not it's not a great secret. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a poorly kept secret, but he's like the, the magic bullet of that band. I feel like yeah. he provides balance. Like you have Steve Harris, who's the guy who's like, OK, well, my songs are going to be north of six or seven minutes almost always. And then yep. you have Adrian who's like, OK, well, I'm going to provide like the, the three to four and a half minute, you know, accessible, like, you know, punch the face, you know, and I yep. think you need to have that. It, if you go too far in either direction, you probably lose what makes that band special. You know, probably, right, yeah. right? Yeah, and we're right about to head into a couple of really Harris type tunes, right? Oh boy, yeah. we Speaking are. Speaking of that, <laughs> Speaking of that. <laughs> but I, I wanted to add to that about the chemistry that I completely agree with you. I quite often <laughs> find myself these days having to disclaim, like you did, hey, I, I'm not a hippie, but listen, <laughs> yeah, there is something going on here. There's something yes. more to it than just you know. It's not only a professional relationship in a band it's just not yeah. it's more to it than that you know you you can turn up and do your job definitely you can yes but for it to become that magic level and i guess the reason that iron maiden is such a big deal there is something mm -hmm. else and that's a kind of vibe and we talked yeah. about um, last week we talked about different world and um, die with your boots on and yeah. i mentioned that on die with your boots on you have the same band as today but another guy yeah. has joined right yeah and that's you know that's the legacy lineup it just is you know i love clive burr i love poliano yeah. I, love, I love blaze too but uh, mm -hmm. all of that it's not really the you know the the main the main chemistry yeah. is not there it's just, by it's the just way not... I, I i did love the analysis of how this is a the die with your boots on is a riff that starts with a pinch harmonic I yeah. like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like well that's that's the kind of that's that's the kind of stuff i uh i, I love to hear i love to hear that kind of like in-depth you know <laughs> Like that's good. dork dorky analysis that exactly. I love. You know, like yeah, yeah. this song starts with a pinch harmonic, which it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. do. I like like I love your shit. Yeah. That, I'm awesome. always slightly worried. I'm always slightly worried, <laughs> but we have to do us, right? And we are yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you, you gotta do you. And if you guys want to yeah. talk about pinch harmonics starting songs, cheers. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> cheers to that. Okay, so this exactly. song doesn't start with a pinch harmonic, but it has it not. as we discussed before, Maiden's shortest intro ever. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, this one. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I, I keep forgetting that we're doing this one first because I was prepared to do the uh, okay. the one I don't. Well, I'm not going to say what I think of the other one, but all right, we'll, well get it's, there. It's been flipped. It's been mirrored, Eric. Oh, that makes sense. There Ooh, you go. Mirror Very good. In it, in it, like a dream. Here we go. That's it. That was the intro. Did you catch it? <laughs> yeah. But isn't the apparition apparition is, apparition isn't it shorter? One more time. Apparition <laughs> quest for fire also has a flam intro. Like, but that's also an intro after, right? So I wanted to discuss this because first time I heard this intro uh, at 13, 12, 13 years old, I felt that what a, what a weird melody, man. Have you ever felt the future is the past, but you don't know how? I would like to dream of a captured time. Really now, is it really how? 
Bach, you know, maybe Bach or Beethoven quality to it. Like it's not rock at all. It's the least rock intro I've ever heard, melody wise. What do you think? Makes what do you think about me, it? Makes me think of pirates. It's got that pirate vibe to it, like a. Yeah. <laughs> right. you know it's got that vibe for me you know yeah. but it is very short it is very short it's almost like kind of like a i don't know what you guys one thing I, i've learned from listening to you guys you guys definitely are way smarter as far as terminology with music and stuff you guys say things <laughs> like you guys say things like flam and modulate and even though i've been playing yeah. music for now like almost 30 <laughs> years i still have absolutely very very little idea about things about the terminology i'm much more of a broader picture you uh-huh. know but that's um, important I, that's important yeah <laughs> i might definitely love love hearing the nuance but like i it's not a deceptive cadence because obviously that would be faking out an ending but it's exactly. almost like the intro it's like a deceptive intro because it right, right. The, the it has that hard-hitting start but then it goes into the maiden yep yep It goes. It starts up here, and then it drops down, and then it goes. It goes to the bill, you know. And I think that yep. that was the, my first thing when I first heard that song. I was like, okay. I I remember just feeling like I was misled, but it was like a happy misleading, you know, like because it went oh, back. Yeah. Like oh. that that maiden, do, 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 you know, it's like a it's like a, a handshake or a, like a, a hug Definitely. from a lost friend, you know. It's like yeah. it's, it's just it feels good, you know. It does, it does. And I yeah. think this intro, it, a deceptive intro is a good way to put it. Because yeah. the first time I heard it, I thought it was a horrible intro. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? But, you know, as you get this song afterwards, which I loved at that age, you know, it really yeah. worked for me instantly. Then that intro gets related to the song, yes. in a sense. And it doesn't have much more to do with it. It's just, uh, you know, I'm guessing this must be a Harry's lyric, right? Um, the I would say... I love this song. Yeah, I, if I would say if I had any misgivings about it, it's just some of the lyrics, like, like the future is the past. Like, have you ever felt the future is <laughs> yeah. the past? Like, like, <laughs> like that's yeah. You, you gotta be into Maiden to be into this for sure. Yes, <laughs> like, and also like, just maybe some. And this is where I kind of get into like the the dorky analysis stuff too. Like, like the 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 patterns of the vocals kind of mirror the 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 pattern of the riff in that intro except for that line the future president it's like almost like trying to get too many words in there like, yeah, like which, it's just like you know it's like oh whatever it's one of those things that you accept with maidens an acceptable loss i guess yeah say. You it's know, definitely like, harris you know it's definitely yes. harris trope to do that to just squeeze in lyrics well and we'll get a really way worse example of that later in this episode but <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, oh, oh, oh boy. It's definitely <laughs> something it does <laughs> but but even even just the concept of have you ever felt that your future is your past? Like that's so like, that's Harris. It's very camp, very campy. It's, it's, it's yeah. very camp. But here's the thing though. I think, I think, I don't know if blaze is the kind of guy who could sell that. Bruce Dickinson is the guy who he can, can sell that, you know? And he I can. think that that, yeah. I think delivery is almost as important, if not more so than, than what you're actually delivering, you know? Yeah. I mean, like if someone is going to deliver you a package and they look miserable, you're going to, yeah. I don't know, it's going to be different, but if they, yeah. they come skipping and doing cartwheels and backflips and then give you a package in your hands, probably right, be like, right. well, I mean, I already knew what I was getting, but holy hell, they really wrapped this up with some panache or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is the tour yeah. when Bruce had a zip line on stage. 
So he was riding the zip line. <laughs> and me, at, me at 12 and 13, when I saw the local punk band uh, a couple of weeks later, I was like, where's the zip line? Where's the yeah. zip line? I don't think the zip line has reached the punk community yet. I don't know. Maybe, no. maybe, maybe in the 23rd century. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you have to travel between your future and your past. That's Yo. when you get your zipline. <laughs> That's when you do it. There it yeah, is. Okay. So it goes into this riff that I always like. Uh, the... And it's all the thing I wanted to get to is that it's all in A. You know, the whole verse, mm -hmm. which, you know, music nerdy again. So it doesn't change chord at all. We talked about that warm welcome right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it really adds this mood to it, you know. It's like a droning note, uh, just hanging on that A, which gives a certain, like, vibe, uh, maybe a little bit, uh, what's the word, mysterious, you know, or... Oh, yeah. yeah. Far so, away. Here's the thing. Far away. It, it sounds mysterious, but I think if you're a Maiden fan, when they come out of that intro into that dun 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 dun, you know that this song is going to be a journey. Like it's right. almost yeah. like if, yeah. maybe if, maybe if you didn't hear Maiden before and you didn't really know what they were all about, like stylistically or thematically, as far as how they construct their songs, I think that's the beauty part of the the fake the deceptive intro is because when that drops in, you know it's like even if you didn't see like the time of like the track time, how long it is. When that part comes in after the intro, you're thinking, okay, yeah, yeah. This, this song is going to be a thing. You know, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a journey, you know, and you know right. that it's, it's going to, you know, it's not going to be seven minutes of, du, 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 du. you no. know, it's not going to be that, you know, and, and that's kind of part of the excitement, you know. Definitely. What do you think, Eric, about the whole build up? Well, I was going to say, yeah, the, um, that was my first, when I first heard it back in the day, uh, like, like you, I kind of felt the intro was kind of weird. It did grow on me. Uh, but also that you the um the sort of sort of sort of sneaky kind of or the very sort of the build up kind of deal even then that was the first maiden album i really uh got really got it cuz i i'd heard i'd seen them live the first time about a year before that and um yeah you could hear there you could feel something else is coming there's something big coming and it has that cool kind of um well the, the melody you play it has a very kind of uh, eerie kind of mystic kind of vibe to it yeah it's very simple really very simple oh, yeah very yeah I just want to look how how long how long is because I I haven't how long is it this song it, it's ten minutes eight, yeah all right nine twenty yeah it's a long one yeah. for sure and um, in these in the in the verse I think Bruce just came up with the ultimate melody or maybe Steve did the you know dum 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 da da dum 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 it's again quite simple but it's hard yeah. to sing and create melodies over a non-changing chord pattern it's, it's much easier song. when you yeah. You know, when you add the, let's say, you know, this is in A, so you would add the F major and G major to do the normal maiden turnaround, you know, which is right. a standard musical, you know, it's the standard Western turnaround for any yeah. Western music. You know, you might have seen those guys on stage that play like a hundred songs and they squeeze them all <laughs> into this yeah. standard chord progression, you know, because yeah. you can do it in major and you can do it in minor. But yeah. uh, here, here you don't have that. So there's no pullback and still you have this melody that is enticing enough. To keep you awake actually one of the better verses i think in their whole catalog yeah. i love that verse because a very good verse Oops. in all its simplicity you know there's something yeah. that just works and it's, um, it's 
it's a universal thing. I mean, it's it's something that I mean, it's 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 weird to talk about nine minute songs being hooky or catchy, but I mean, Maiden mm-hmm. Maiden does. I mean, there, there's hooks. I mean, that that's these are all hooks that they're laying down when they, you know, first of all, I mean, like the the rhythm is constant. So I mean, you can lock into that that the beat in and rhythm of it. That's a hook right there because that's something you could sink into. And then it's not like the melody is like you know, I don't know if you're familiar with like the band Fate's Warning or anything like that, but huh? like, you know, that guy, yeah, but... he, he's their first singer. He was like, it was very tough to lock. I mean, I love it, but it's very tough to lock on. Bruce is like, he's man. And um, forgive me yeah. for singing. I'm fucking terrible. That's fine. You know, I do that all yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like that's a melody. Like that's in a way that's kind of like a, that's something you could woe along to like the fear of the dark thing that everyone does whenever they play mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it's something that you could follow, you know, it's, it's perfect. It is. Simple. And uh, also the rhythm here is, is quite interesting. I think the rock and Rio version is really cool. And uh, I wanted to highlight a thing in the second verse that we can listen to and then discuss. Let me find it first. Yeah, so here's that here's the main rhythm notice that there's no snare drum here you know it's just keeping the time with the with the symbols Does this hate engages the crowd and then listen to when Nico comes in? I think it's very powerful. So it's very simple, he just adds the snare, you know, at the where it should be, <laughs> you know, at, at the normal snare beat. But it takes so long, like even now when I try to find it not in the second verse even that was the third verse that's when he enters with the beat and i think that's just so cool it's just, like i just got hit by a thousand needles listening to that i just feel like yeah, I have so needles my my arm hairs are just completely <laughs> standing up right now yeah same here actually could oh, be yeah. my my hangover but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no, yeah I, I got it i got it too that's right. <laughs> and, and the, i wanted to address there because we heard it by accident that the dream is true hook also a really good hook yeah, good in, hook. The, in that yeah. case the simple lyrics also perfect you know that's all yeah. you need to say the dream yeah. is true and mm-hmm. uh, lyrically you know very steve again his dreams they keep coming dreams. back right and yeah uh, i heard this, this thing about i only dream in black and white that supposedly some guys or guys and girls that grew up watching black and white tv actually dream in black and white because of this really yeah and i mean speaking of films like uh Regal's there and uh, children of the damned they are in black and white you know, it's you know. funny you mention that because uh, what I always think about is like because that was the hook. I only dream in black and white, and just because of Harris's proclivity to write 
the things he does about movies. I always wondered if that was like relative to some movie, like if that was something that had happened in a movie, just because Harris loves writing about. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. But because that's the refrain. And obviously he's got a history of just well, in, in man of the edge. He just yells. Your chorus is just yelling a movie title over and over again. Right. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> so, so I always wondered if I only dream in black and white was relative to just some, a movie that he had seen that I'd, I'm not, I'm not privy to or aware of, yeah. you know, that could be the case. I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think uh, what I've heard is that there is this thing, this real thing that some people dream in black and white and, and it, it mm. should be related to watching black and white yeah, tv maybe, yeah so there's it's like no wild. person above a certain uh, uh, you know no person under a certain age uh, that that is doing this like it's very rare these days yeah but it used to be uh, more common and i mean uh-huh. the lyrics in this song are very simple you know very simple me as yeah. a 12 you know when i was 12 uh, i already did speak english but uh, i didn't understand everything i thought for example i thought that uh, die with your boots song started with another prophet time disaster you know, because I was Another still a kid. Profit. Time oh, disaster. It makes no sense. It makes no, no sense. But it, no, but it sounds awesome, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, but this song super simple, right? I get up, yeah, I, I get up, great. put on, I get up, put on the lights, you know, and that kind yeah. of thing. But also yeah. some cool lines in there, like one that I really dig is "A nightmare I retrace." Yeah, that's a cool line and a very simple way for him to explain these dreams that he's apparently haunted by, right? What do you What do you think I, about the lyrics, Eric? Or Greg. Well, well, I was just going to say, I, just, I wanted to get your thoughts, you guys' thoughts on this, because when I was just reading the lyrics before we started this, I saw one website where the lyrics were, and it clearly was, or it might have been mis, you know, just a mistake, obviously, because that's not an official credit, but where Blaze was actually credited to this song as well. Now, I don't think that necessarily, mm. like, so I was wondering maybe this is something that was kicking around even, you know, back in his day, because it's, it, otherwise it's just Yannick and Steve on this one. Right. I, think, I, can, I I can hear Blaze singing this song. I was yeah, when I was yeah. I was listening to it uh, the other day, and just because I don't know, if I thought about it because I I knew that some of the songs were left over or kind of incomplete from the Blaze era. When I was listening to it, uh, you know, it's a lot of it's in the lower register, Bruce. So I was like, I was listening yep. to it, and I was like, you know, I can I could see, and and I don't know if maybe Blaze had an input or if he, because you said Eric that he. had he had been credited for it or something. Well, oh, no, I, I, on this one web lyrics website, they had, they had his name there, but it's not yeah. on any of the official stuff. No, I there's, think there's a cadence I, I to it. That. Yeah. There's a cadence to it, the, the delivery of the vocals that kind of had me saying it. You know, it sounds it does have a blaze ish kind of vibe to it. No, but touching uh, on the lyric thing, I think Harris is good at taking very complex issues or complex matters and simplifying them lyrically. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. And I think uh, this is an interesting topic because just recently, really, I heard about this dispute that was settled in private court uh, on that thing, you know, Blaze's lyrics, that he had some missing credits, which is not an uncommon thing in the Maiden camp, you know, these you know, hidden I, credits. Or, yeah. uh, I, I hate talking about that. I hate, like, it's it's like the whole hallowed be thy name thing. And I don't want to obviously get way off base, but like that, right. the, out, the, the, the private court settlements and Maiden, it's just like, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to hear about them, and you know, it's like you just don't want to hear it, that stuff. It does you know? cast yeah. a little bit of shade on on Iron Maiden, a little bit of shade there. Yeah, it, it like, does. It's it the does. best it, lines. Not. The best lines in Hallowed are yeah. from Beckett. The I lines know. that always give they always give me goosebumps. You know, uh, I know. life down here is just a strange illusion. It's awesome. Yeah, I know, and it's stolen, it, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> word know. by it, word. 
it doesn't it doesn't shade it enough to ruin it for me no, or even really impact it but it's just something that i just it's one of those things that you just kind of turn turn away turn a blind eye to it and just yeah. hope you don't hope you don't end up on a podcast someday talking about it with two <laughs> you know but, you All right. know, but but here we are. <laughs> yeah, there we, we are. are. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we could we could uh, we could uh, escape this by segueing into the music of this song again, because uh, yes. it does have this kind of marathon, yes. Harry's marathon style. You know, when he just throws in part after part, yeah. and uh, I guess Gears was in there too. All of them hmm. are fairly simple, but they all it always add something. You know, when you get into the whole that thing that irish jig melody you know yeah it's back again yeah 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 not jiggle i learned that during the episode that it's not jiggle it's jig no i try not to correct you on air because i feel like i corrected myself towards the end towards the end so i saved myself it was the same with eric and unition unition which is unison Yeah, but anyway, what do you think about that whole um, marathon? Like, does it hold up against something like the Fear of the Dark Melody Marathon, or uh, later we have Red and the Black has a good kind of marathon? Is this one of you know one of the legacy ones? I think I think it's a good one, but I haven't I, fully made my mind up. What do you think? I mean, I think I think it's always this, this is always going to be a special song for me just because of when I heard it. But I don't know compared to other stuff if it's if it's because um, I was been. You know, if it's going to be better than some of the stuff that I know is coming, or some of the stuff that you know, it's already been. Uh, but as the sort of marathon kind of thing, we're very you know a lot of different parts and whatnot. It, it, it became very clear when I was listening to this song and and another song we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, how they both have that where there's very a lot of different a lot of different parts, and this song it totally works, and the other song it might not work as well. Uh, you know, because yeah. And then this one has also has that two uh, thousands maiden thing when they go whoa whoa yeah. you know yeah and I think that works really well you know listen to the Rio version it's just that's pure maiden no if you like yeah. maiden you gotta like that I think it it fits the bill with really any I would say it fits I I would yeah. put it up there with like I, uh, John you said fear of the dark I would yeah. the reason why I would maybe symbolically. Uh, if not as much or more so than actually musically, because it was like, it was the return, you know, it yeah. was the return of, of Maiden, you know, they never went away, but it's almost like they did, you know? Yep. And so True. it was, it was very symbolic that, okay, this is, this is a familiar sound and the person delivering it is the, the voice that we all know and love and associate with Iron Maiden. You know, so I think it, the music is, yeah, I would, I would put it up there with Fear of the Dark personally, you know, yep. but I think symbolically it, it might mean more than Fear of the Dark, you know? Yeah, yeah I think so too, actually, for me, yeah. uh, but because, you know, again, I got into the band just before this mm-hmm. and then I saw on a poster, not on, on the internet, you know, I saw on a poster that Bruce was back, you know, yeah. just walking in town. 
And you nah. know, that feeling can't be replaced today. Cannot. No. No, it's just, just you're living in the actual world and getting the news, you know, yeah. on an actual piece of paper stuck to a electricity thing or something like that. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a magical time for me. And this song encapsulates the Brave New World feeling very well, I think. It's, it's really sounds, sounding Brave New World. And definitely, you know, back to back to Virtual Eleven, which we can, you know, keep, we can keep yeah. comparing them as we get into the next song. Because it's not a long time in between at all. You know, it's very, and it's very unmaiden. How I mean, considering how how their output has been since, but it's very unmaiden that there was really you know, at that point. I mean, it's weird to think that they had only two years between records. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that would never happen again. You know. <laughs> yeah, and with the lineup change and everything, but I guess they felt yeah. also that time was of the essence. You know, they did the Ed Hunt tour thing. Yeah, and then just right back and. The plan was, as they reunited, definitely was to make a great album and you know become the biggest band again. Uh, they had big plans for, for yeah, this era, did. and it mm-hmm. kind of works out. You know, in a song like this, you need a you need a big head, I think, to do this. Yeah, to pull this off. I, in a I sense. also th- I also think that when bands go through those weird periods, I think if the, as long as they see themselves through it and they end up back at a place that people are familiar and comfortable with it ends up working out better in the long, like in a long game type situation, maybe short game, it doesn't work out, but long game, it works because you can't miss something that never goes away. Right. So, I mean, yeah. like, right. So you absence, the whole absence makes the heart grow fonder and, you know, yeah, you, you have to maybe let people down for a little bit, but then when you, when you bring them up, you can probably bring them back up to a higher point than you were before. Yeah. You know, and um you know, again, musically also, this song has two choruses, in a sense. You know, you have The Dream is True, right. that hook. Yeah. You also have I Only Dream in Black and White, which uh, was the final point that I wanted to address, that you have this definitely grunge-type grunge, grunge type vibe to that chorus, which is not super common in Maiden. Uh, the, the type, the, the melody, the whole thing, you know. Very 90s, you know. Very 90s sounding is far cry from Wasted Years. In terms of chorus oh, yeah. melody, and Definitely. I know that Eric is like our resident grunge guy, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think about this grunge chorus? Does it hold up to your, your favorites? I would I've never thought of it as a grunge chorus until you mentioned it. Actually, <laughs> but it kind of <laughs> is, right? Yeah, it is. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean I, I I dig it. I mean it's uh, this is right up right up my alley. Um, it was it occurred to me just now that how quick of a t- when thinking of quick turnarounds, just because I'm sorry to change this subject, but I'm gonna forget otherwise. Because when I saw them on the Ed Hunter tour in in September of '99, uh, on stage they mentioned they had a new album coming out, and it was less than a year afterwards that, that, that this was out. Yeah, so that was yeah. a really fast turnaround. Yeah, so they, they obviously were pretty much done with it at that point, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Well, I think that lends that lends more to the credibility that they had a lot of stuff ready to go after Virtual yeah. Eleven. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You can you can do stuff in a sort of a more kind of secret kind of way than you can do these days, I think, because you know there's not the I mean, oh, you know, yeah. It's not as rumor filled, or it's not as direct, or blabbermouth, or gossip press, or whatnot. You know, it wasn't as effective then. Yeah, so you could do more things behind yeah. behind closed doors. You also don't get the, the ma- yeah. Sorry. Oh no! I, I see. You don't get the magical. Yeah. You don't get the magical thing like when you said, Jonathan, John, about seeing the poster. You know, when you're walking yeah. downtown, you don't get that anymore. I remember finding you could find out. About, you could find out about gigs that way instead of like, you know, like you know, like you like for instance. I mean, not not this past year, but otherwise you get like you know, Live Nation or whoever's going to post on their website, and that's how you find out. Whereas, you know, when you were a kid, you could be walking around like, oh my God, you know, fucking, you know, Soulfly's coming or whatever yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind of a cool feeling. You don't really get that anymore. 
There was a magazine over in America back in the 90s. Well, it was around until the 2000s, too, but it was called Metal Edge. And oh, yeah, yeah, I got that one. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it was cool. Like, and it's it's so emblematic of how, how far communication just times have changed in general. But, like, I remember, like, you would, it was a monthly publication. So, really, if you were, like, conceivably, if something happened in the world of music and it, it was timed, you know, a certain way, you could not know about it for, like, four to six weeks after it happened. So, like, I remember, yeah. like, just finding out, like, I didn't, like, I remember finding out about news, and it's funny to think about things like that because, like you mm. said, times have changed. I mean, if Bruce Dickinson farts in England right now, I'll know about it in Buffalo, yeah. you know, twenty minutes later. You know, so yeah. it's like, you know, and so. But back then, like something could fly under the radar, and you know, ninety percent of the world wouldn't be hip to it or wise to it until press comes out. You know, for in a magazine a month later. You know, and that's yeah. and that's. I don't know if, I mean, time, time goes forward. It doesn't go backwards. I think it's cool to be in the know on things quickly, but I do miss the element of surprise and mystique of that, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. And speaking of it, the, 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 the tight plan, right? we got a new album coming out in 99 and so on. I, yeah. I heard a story from a Swedish guy and now I forgot which band he's hanging, but good heavy metal vocalist anyway. And um, uh, Bruce was interested in managing him somehow, you know? Because he was out of made and he was out of maybe he didn't have enough work or something, so he got really yeah. close to this guy. He he actually also said like I'm coming to Stockholm this day, can you play a gig? And he had to find <laughs> somewhere to play. He found Pub Anchor where I've played a few times and actually oh, yeah. set up a gig only for Bruce. He set up that gig, and then cool. Bruce Bruce was a no show. He didn't show up, oh, well, and then he couldn't reach him for years. And then he met oh. him after the Metal 2000 gig, and he came up to him and like yeah I don't I don't remember his name. Let's say it was Lars. And he said, yeah. <laughs> hey, Lars, right? I'm so sorry, you know, things went absolutely berser berserk because of mm -hmm. the reunion. The plan yeah. was so tight. And actually, all of Maiden, he said anyway, had to switch phone numbers. Like, you can't have your old phone numbers. These, these are your new phones, you know. And you're like, you're on a, you're on a military plan now. You know, this is, uh, this is a tight ship. So I don't Sergeant know if Bruce was... Sergeant Harris, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and definitely Sergeant Smallwood, I think. Yo, the, we, uh, oh, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely uh, definitely Sir Roderick, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think yes, I think uh, the guy I now call Lars. I think he was slightly pissed off, but he still like he took the the apology, and they, things really went berserk, like because they became an even bigger band than in the eighties. So the plan oh, worked out in that sense. Ab absolutely, and again, it's I think they because the time away, and also yeah. I think Bruce's solo stuff was stronger than Maiden stuff. When they were apart. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan yeah. of Chemical Wedding, uh, also oh. uh, Accident of Birth, but especially Chemical Wedding, I think, is one of the best heavy metal albums of all time and probably the best heavy metal album of the 90s. You know, both those records, I say so. both those records are so hot, you could, you could fry an egg on those records. They're yeah. so right. hot. Right. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. I even love, I really love Skunk Works too. I mean, I didn't like it at the time, but when I later sort of I gotten into it more in later years, that's really cool too. Well, well he yeah. said you're the resident grunge guy, right? Yeah, that's probably yeah. why I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually also into Skunk Works, even though I'm not a huge grunge head. I think it's a cool album, so I'm looking forward to to that uh, in the way future, you know, as we tackle the Bruce albums. Yeah, it's a good one. But uh, on Dream of Mirrors, what do you guys think? List or not? Oh, yeah, list for me. Yeah, definitely. Greg? Yes. Yes. Yeah. For me, a definite list, one, two. Yeah, it has to qualify. You know, it's a big part of yeah. my of my maiden history, definitely, this song. And oh. 
put it right on there right now. One thing I wanted to add to real quick is that I love Yannick Gers' solo in this song. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's got this vibe. I know people are I actually. I, I when people are anti Yannick Gers because of like the shit he does on stage, I don't get that at all. I think it's awesome. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I mean, I think if I, I mean, I, I, I could only wish to have a gig where my amp is on standby for forty five minutes, and then they, they fucking turn it on when it's time for me to play. You know, so <laughs> I can just swing my guitar around like a fucking crazy person for two yeah. hours a night. But like, I love his solos because they, they. You ever like take a hose, pinch it, mm-hmm. and then like his solos are like the hose is pinched, and then he'll un wince it a little bit, and a little come out, a little come out, a little come yep. out, and then all of a sudden he'll just uncork it, and a flurry of notes will just spray out. Yep, yep. Love and then that he'll, energy. Then he'll, then he'll pinch it off again and let it out, let it out, and then he'll just let it go and let it go yeah. and let it go. And that's I love love Yannicker's guitar solos in this song. He, he cranks out another great one. Yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of Richie Blackmore and Michael Schenker as well. And they're quite different. Yes. Uh, but Richie mm-hmm. has this thing that makes him the number one for me, which is that he's <coughs> almost, it's almost out of control. You know, he's searching. He's just finding his way during the solo. And I think Janik has that same vibe. Definitely, yeah. Uh, to a certain extent, Dave, but even more so Janik, that is almost derailing. You know, like, yes. I like your analogy with the host there. So you're like, whoa, yeah. here we go. Yeah. You know, and where are we going to go? Barely controlled chaos. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. Dream of Mirrors is indeed on the list, and we are moving forward in the alphabet, uh, moving back in time, just two years <laughs> to the what would you call that penultimate track on Virtual Eleven, right? Yeah, right that, before, that makes sense. Yeah, right before Comas yeah. Stars, which we did. Yeah, and also the third song on this album, we've done uh, Angel and the Gambler, and we've done Comas Stars Amigos. So we're back for the third time. Well, wait, wait, haven't we done? Uh, we, we did Clansman too. Oh yeah, right, fourth time even. Clansman, yeah. Yeah. We had quite a lot yeah. of coverage on this album, and you know, this strange maiden album, you could definitely say it stands out in maybe not in a good way uh, with some Tra- of the details. Transi- a transitional record. I think the whole Blaze period is transitional in a way. Yeah, good point. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. And, I, and I think, like uh, Henrik mentioned before, that uh, a lot of these backtracks for Virtual Eleven were recorded blindly, apparently. And, you know, you can tell that Nico's drums are not as inspired. We've listened to some of his really hot uh, solo, you know, or uh, isolated tracks from yeah. Seventh Sun and how just how in it he is. And in yeah. this song, like, if I'm just going to come out the gate with criticism directly, the drums, you can <laughs> tell that he didn't feel it. He didn't quite feel it in this song. Yeah. That's right. a good I don't place know to anyone's. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be, be a lot of criticism of this one. And as much as I love Iron Maiden, you gotta you gotta hold your heroes to task so they can stay your heroes. You, know, you can't yeah. let them off. The oh, definitely, yeah, that. yeah. So what do we have here? Don't look through the eyes of a, to the eyes of a stranger. It reminds me of old titles already already to begin with. To boot, we have uh, uh, the eyes of a stranger by um, uh, Queensrÿche, Queen's right. and we yeah. have uh, don't don't talk to strangers by Dio. You know, that's right. Two two great songs, actually, <laughs> two really good songs. Yeah. And that's, that's what doesn't make much, it easier for this one to come in there. 
I don't know if they were trying to capitalize on successful heavy metal songs about strangers, but they, uh, they, they did not capitalize correctly. No, they already have Stranger <laughs> in a Strange Land. That's a good one. Yeah, exactly. Afraid they, they, to they, Strangers. They, that's a good one. They couldn't even withhold their own standard with songs about strangers. No. <laughs> exactly. I know. They were afraid to shoot strangers like two albums before that. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now they can't even look at them. Now they can't Don't even, do now it. They can't even, now they can't even look at them. Like, the, yeah. make, up your mind on, <laughs> make up your mind on strangers, Steve Harris. The you want to shoot them? <laughs> you wanna, like, what do you want to do? You want to be one, or do you want to shoot one? Like, what do you want? There you to go. Do? Yeah. So I, I guess yeah. the song is trying to mythologize the concept of a stranger and the danger. You know? Oh boy! <laughs> uh, which is the same as Dio's "Don't Talk to Strangers," but that one is nicely written and apparently like a yes. kind of reflection of what his mom or, or grandma used to say, and his reflection on it that maybe you should talk to strangers. Maybe yeah. should, these are all these yeah. are all after school PSAs yeah. for kids. Don't <laughs> maybe, maybe you should dream of women, you know, or, or yes. smell the flowers yes. and whatnot, you know. And talk about yeah. the Dio song, <laughs> but in this song, there's no such you know drama in it. It's just some kind of reflection of of Steve's <sighs> view on strangers and how they could be potentially dangerous. There's not really that much depth to it, in my opinion. What it sounds like to me, at least lyrically, it, one of them. I mean, if we're going to get into, I mean, it sounds like we're already. We're already into the criticism portion, but since you're kind of t- so, yeah. t- touching on that, like lyrically, it is it's very much like a descriptive, overly ridiculously comedically descript- descriptive montage go. where it's just mm. like it's like you know his heart his heart starts to raise, feel the adrenaline pull. Like it, 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 I feel right. like it's almost like. It could be replaced by like any sort of like ridiculous. Like when I listen to this song, I think of like my own version of like just because it's so comedic and so overly nuanced and descriptive. Like the sort of sound space. Like I feel like I could come up with my I come up with my own stuff when I listen to it. Like he woke up late for work. He fell out <laughs> of bed. You know. He pulled out of the driveway. Forgot the stove was on. And they go back in the house. Like, it's almost like a, a whole descriptive, like a sequence of events. It just like, it's just, mm. just, yeah. I don't know, free form, like kind of bullshit. Right. I mean, like, yeah. And then like, repeating the title, <laughs> I guess, I think about 46 times. Something um, like that. I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics now. Two minutes and two seconds. Jesus Christ. I was looking at the, <laughs> that, right? that, that part. I don't care what anyone says. When I think of, in the maiden discography, if someone said, "What is the biggest waste of time in the maiden discography?" I'm sure someone will say, "Weekend Warrior." Weekend Warrior is "Hallowed Be Thy Name" compared to this song. <laughs> kind and, of, yeah. I'm, I'm inclined and, to agree. <laughs> and I would say that the two minutes and two seconds of the "Don't Look To," "Don't Look To," that is yeah. the biggest waste of time in the entire maiden discography. This yeah, song I mean, is is. You know what this song is to me? This song is like if you're in a parking lot mm-hmm. and and you see you see a parking space and you're like, no, I can get a better one than this. And then you drive a little bit further <laughs> and, say, and, you, and you say, oh, no, I can get a better one than that. And you have like three or four chances of getting a, a relatively decent parking spot. Then yeah. you you overplay your hand and you fuck up and you end up having to go and you end up parking like a mile away. Because yeah. and to to me when I listen to the song, I I can I can hear the potential in this song. 
there's a couple really cool parts in the song, musically speaking. Yeah. And every time I listen to it, I think of, I think of that. Oh, they had an opportunity to do something great here. Oh, okay, but then they did that. All right, okay. And then they, 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 there's so much missed opportunity. Yeah. In this song, this could be if they had done it right, and by doing it right, I mean like take like three minutes out of it. It would have been a really, really cool song. I think. Yeah, potential. Know? There's potential there. Wasted potential, I would say. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of waste. There's definitely a lot of wasted potential. A lot of missed opportunity in this song. No, sure. I'm, I'm just laughing now because I'm thinking about your scenario with the parking lot, reading the second and third verse. <laughs> Don't know which way to turn. You better hide yourself. Oh my God. He's getting That's close right. now. Improvise. <laughs> you better improvise. You gotta improvise. <laughs> yeah. You better take you see that someone, spot. You see There's someone pulling up. Closer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It just find another way to park. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, You're yeah, gonna that's... regret that decision. You should have <laughs> taken that spot. There's not actually one closer. <laughs> You know, I mean that's like, that that song is interestingly more that's more interesting than what's going on in this song because that's you know so I'd rather listen to that song. Yeah. I mean if you're gonna be if you're gonna be that ridiculous, at least then just be totally fucking stupid about it. Just be yeah. stupid. Yeah. If you're gonna don't don't be don't be stupid under the guise of being smart. Just no. be dumb. Just be dumb. Right. If you're gonna right. be dumb, or, and, and this is what kind of goes to show is that this is a song, this is a great example of how they were they were in an awkward period that they would, yeah. they would be able to, that, you know, like that's why I feel like it goes back to that intangible thing. Like, I feel like if there is a Bruce in the picture, if there is a, an Adrian in the picture, mm. maybe they say, Hey, this kind of sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. like maybe let's not, these lyrics aren't, aren't really good at all. You know, like, and, and I'm not saying that all the Bruce lyrics, all the Bruce era lyrics are, are great or whatever, because obviously Harris is writing a ton, regardless of who's singing that band. But I just right. feel like, yeah. that, you know, maybe maybe Blaze is less inclined to push back on stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, and also you know, with the, the lack of Martin Birch uh, speaking musically, yeah. you know, the arrangement of the song is very yeah. iffy. It has all these stops, you know, coming in arbitrary, in arbitrary <sighs> positions throughout the song. And it doesn't work. Yeah. It's just, I guess no. it's supposed to be, Think I'm trying to think inside of Steve Harry's mind, I guess it's supposed to be the element of surprise, right? Someone took your parking spot and then... Now it's officially about that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into don't, the music a little bit. Uh, don't, Greg, you want to add something? Don't, don't park through the eyes of a stranger. <laughs> right, don't do that. That's actually way more profound than anything else in the song. <laughs> yeah, so it starts like this. This is also just weird. This yeah. annoys me. The, 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 the synthetic string arrangement is, yeah, it is there. Yeah, that's until <laughs> they're doing it. It reminds me. It reminds me of the police. Yeah, a little bit actually, but like um, message in a bottle. Yeah, like, yeah, a bit. But that's a good song. Yeah. Yes. I think this melody is quite weak too. Very random minor melody. You know what it is? It's. I don't mind the melody, but it sounds like what a band who was trying to copy Maiden would write. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like, if I, like if I was trying to do an Iron Maiden song, that sounds like something I would play. You know, like if I was trying to rip at them off, it would be like, it would be second tier Maiden. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, Definitely. No, yeah. And Blaze is vocal here. It's okay, I guess. Yeah, I, I think mind, like it. Yeah. I don't mind this part. I don't mind this part. I think it, it 
it's melodically sound. It does have, you know, it's it plays to Blaze's strengths, which is really lower register. His range is obviously not as wide, you know. Right. I just I don't I got no problems. Like when I remember when I first heard this song, I was like, okay, I, let's let's see where this goes, yeah. you know. Big, big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> big mistake. As it continues, <laughs> you stay on this, but then you get this up-tempo thing, right? I think this riff is okay. I like this riff. This is all right. This is when the lyrics start to. That's get the thing. This is what it. That's the thing. This is, this is when it goes off the reservation. Yeah. <laughs> Parking lot scene. <laughs> <laughs> Overly descriptive again, right? Yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, cool so, melody, but... it's so on the nose. It, it's just, it sounds like something Trey Parker from South Park would write for like one of his joke songs. Good point. For one like, of the oh, joke yeah, like, like, Yeah. There's you a know? song in basketball, like basketball. where he's just describing yes. what's going on. Outside. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I was going to say basketball, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I know. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. Maybe, uh, but yes. <laughs> Yes. Like, that sounds like a perfect swinglish, you know, perfect swinglish right there, playing yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And that's I what mean, you would have said as a kid. Yeah, that's exactly, it's it's the scene in basketball when he's driving and he's just describing what exactly is happening to him when the song yeah. is playing on the radio. Yes. Wow, yeah, exactly. wow. There we go. There we go. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. great scene. Yeah. <laughs> it almost <laughs> makes the song more bearable now with these comedic uh, touches that we're, we're finding throughout, right? Ba- Basically, when we're we're comparing the song to everything that it isn't, and we're making it something it's not, we made the song a better song. Yeah. Right, I would say so too. I, th- I think I think that maybe um, if like I, I'd say the, the the problem in the song is not is not Blaze. I'd like to just point out, in my True. opinion, I think that you know that you, you, no matter who you had on this, it probably wouldn't turn out very. Uh, I agree with that. But, um, he sings good on it, I think. There's no problem with that. He does what he can with what they gave him. He did what yeah. he can with what they gave him, I think. Yes, yes. I mean, he was, you know, if someone cooks you a meal, you know, if you're a guest at their house, you got to eat it, right? You know, so it's like, yeah, what, what, what's he going to do? I'm in Iron Maiden. I've been in Iron Maiden for three years. I'm not going to tell Steve Harris, you know. Right. This, yeah, we've been on that before, and, uh, that maybe yeah. if Blaze had, had the, I don't know, the position, not even the courage, but the position to do that, Maybe yeah. his era could have flourished way more, I think, if he could yeah. have got some, some more control. Because there's this famous story of Bruce uh, talking with Rod prior to joining. And yeah. Bruce being Bruce, being cocky and telling him, like, I'm really not auditioning for this, right? I've got the gig. So I want to tell you, I'm going to change things in this band. I'm going to have an opinion. I'm not just going to yeah. be the singer. He, tell that, <laughs> he, he goes with that straight up, which I guess was a perfect attitude to come in to Maiden. Because otherwise, yeah. you're just yeah. going to be... You're just going to be serving the band, you know. You're not going to be yeah. a, a pr- provider in that sense, you know. Uh, so if you're going, you can either eat the chicken shit or you can try and turn chicken shit into chicken salad, you know. Right. So there you go. That's like, a good analogy. Yeah. You yeah. know. And I think it. I think if you're coming into Iron Maiden in 1981 or 1982, there's a better chance of you being able to kind of pull that card than mm-hmm. it's say 1995 when you're 15 years in and you've already sold you know how many millions of records and, and stuff like yeah. that. I, also. I see, like, it's not an guys like Blaze Bailey and guys like Ripper Owens, even obviously it was a similar situation in the police yeah. camp. 
it's almost kind of a no-win enviable situation. I mean, yeah, you're making a lot of money and your life, your quality of life is better, but you're probably being crucified by a lot of people that were liking that band prior. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. not an enviable uh, position, I don't think. You know, I think the end, the end of the song starts almost halfway in, already halfway in, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see here. Yeah, it does. So we're now at let's see here. 3.30 even. The song is 8.03 and the outro starts at 3.30 and it sounds like this. Oh my god, I can't even... Oh, we get five, five minutes of this. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Two and minutes and two seconds. Two for, minutes for me personally, and two seconds. For me personally, here the song is promising to me. I like this melody. It builds to something, it, right? It, it needs something that needs to go somewhere. It's like yeah. being on a very nice train that's not going anywhere. But I mean, yeah. the first time I heard the song, I thought that now it could get really epic at this point. Yes. Like, it's promising this, to me. They could this do something is a opp- this. this is a missed opportunity right here. If they, yeah. if they had done it for 30, 45 seconds here, mm. totally make that work. But two, mm, over yeah. two minutes of... Yeah, there's two also a big problem. Now it's still kind of building, right? The build is still working yeah. for me musically, yeah. but we're gonna—we're about to head into a train wreck quite soon. <laughs> so I'll keep—I'll keep you in suspense, so to speak, because this is almost Dream of Mirrors now with that snare, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like so. So this, it, this is yeah, yeah. Wow. But Dream so. of Mirrors is good chills. This song yeah. is yeah. douche chills. Yeah. You know? it's, like, <laughs> it's here. It's still it's, building up. Still building up can still be cool. I'm still like, uh, this is the first time me hearing the song. I'm still like a bit excited here. Like, what could they do yeah. with this? Building and building. And no one's saying like, wow. I hope they repeat this another <laughs> forty times. Maybe if he'd even said something else. Maybe if there had been other lyrics. Yeah, that could have helped. It would be salvageable, but it's the same thing over two minutes. Wow. So here he's charging up with the on-beat snare. Still pretty cool. But where are they gonna go from this? There's, there's you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Oh yeah. What the hell? That's the release. Very exciting. It's riveting stuff. Honestly, I think if they if they get to that part, either a minute and a half sooner or just mm. go right to that part and they if they chop out what i've always wanted to do and this is totally disrespectful i always just wanted to fucking redo this song and just edit it how i see fit i mean yeah. stop. i mean you right. can't even begin to imagine how i mean it, it would probably be a huge slap across the face you know but yeah. like i i think there's so much missed opportunity in the song I it think is if, yeah, you, and- if you chop if you chop that two minutes out or even 90 seconds of that two minutes and you get to that faster part and the solos and you completely get rid of that stupid ending. Um, mm. you know, like you just, you have probably, a, a that might be for me, tied with the Klansman for probably the best song on that record. Ooh, you, probably, you could probably, you could probably make something pretty cool of it. Mm-hmm. But there's another song like on this, on this album and the angel and the gambler. I mean, you could probably, cut like you know he, he does the same thing there where there's like you know like you know don't you the, the the chorus bit that's repeated you know for like an infinite amount of times in the middle if you just get rid of that you know that song should have been a tight you know like quick kind of rock song not like a you know a a 10 minute death march through <laughs> yeah. 
And <laughs> what I wanted to say about this is that that build-up, you know, the build-up charges yeah. and charges. It it really works, and it like invites you um, as a listener to something new. And then when that hits, we have that. I, I'm sure that this is related to what Henrik brought up with the recording blindly, because those yeah. drums are they're so not Nico. It's a metronome, yeah. you know, and they're yeah. doing this uh, this skank beat, you know, this thrash metal beat, yeah. uh, two beat. But yeah. they rarely do that, you know, very rarely. And uh, maybe yeah. this is why, because it doesn't fly. It's just, it sounds silly. It sounds a bit parodic, uh, parody, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I can see and that. And then, little, 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 this polka. It's a polka, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, it is, it is 100% polka. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So but that's the thing, though. That's the thing, because I always kind of like that part which is why i think if they had gone to it would mm -hmm. have been way way sooner but i almost wonder now that we're talking about it do mm -hmm. i like it because it's a cool part or do i like it just because it ended the, the last part it's a like, release <laughs> <laughs> it's a release yeah. but it's not a good you release know? you know it's a weird release I, it puts you in a strange spot you know i th i mean i like the fact that there's solos coming up i mean i like that that's true i like that's true. solos are great the solo section's cool and I don't even mind the, you know, but like, but a bang, but again, yeah. <laughs> right do I like it. it because it's good or do I like it because it just, it put a bullet into the park before it. So I don't know. Yeah, I have yeah. to think about that. Maybe and, I need therapy about that. I don't know. Right. Right. Someone <laughs> yeah. to talk to, someone to talk to. We'll be around for that. But you know, yeah. now again, I'm, I'm just stuck in your perfect analogy there. This is the parking lot scene again. <laughs> and now it's, yeah. now it's getting really heated. Like he's, he's, he's yeah. late for work. Definitely late for yes. work. And there's like, the hell? They, yeah, they had so comedic. many. They, they, there were so many great parking spaces available, and they just kept trying to get a better one, and it just didn't exist. And they ended up all the way back at the back of the parking lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then madness hits. But if they had if they had Martin Birch, Bruce, and Adrian in the car, they probably would have told them to park, you know, in the first one rather than they take the other one. So maybe the second one. Maybe the second one. Maybe 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 the second. Or maybe even. Not even this parking lot at all, because this is they shouldn't be there either way. <laughs> you know what they would have done? They would have flown and they would have parked it on the roof of the building. There you they go. Would have, they would have landed on the roof of the building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's check out the the solar park. Yeah. That's cool. It's good and rocking. Still with that beat. <laughs> but the solo's rip. Oh, awesome. Oh, this is Yannick spiraling again. The hose. I think that second <laughs> solo is Dave Murray. I think the first one is Yannick. Could be. Could I'm, be. I'm not 100% nah. sure on that one. Nah. Could be. You could be right. change up the melody a little bit for whatever reason entering the final minute of the song here quite poor that transition too I don't like it not that. good not great and uh, in case you forgot here are the lyrics again <laughs> Somebody's watching when the light goes 
case you're wondering where you're supposed to not look. Yeah. Do not look. Do not look there. And then the very end of the song is coming up in 30 seconds, and that's a thing in itself. Oh boy, is that ever. Oh yeah, no, I've, oh my god, I forgot <laughs> right. about it. Here comes that, that weak melody again, too. Ritardando, and then... Ah, oh, my ears! <laughs> my ears. The very end is the worst moment in their whole discography to me. That That's the terrible. worst. I mean, it's not even synced. It's not even synced. There's two rhythms. No, look to the eyes of a stranger. Wow, that's uh, that's Steve Harris. Don't look Harry's. to the eyes of a stranger. Don't read the lyrics to the song. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sync up that very end. You know, I know what it's supposed to be. Wow. Like this powerful end, like the surprise again. Ha ha. You know, the stranger is back. But it doesn't sync up. No. And I'm sure everybody could hear this except Steve, who just gave it a green light. Like, top notch, guys. Song It'd be interesting yeah. to count how many times they actually say it in the song. Yeah, Please don't. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> because I think that it's not a it's not a surprise if you've done something like seventy times and then do it a you know fucking seventy first time at the end because then you've already you've pretty much established that you're gonna. It's it's at this point very much outstayed its welcome. Yeah. It's, what, you know what it is? It's it's you you shot someone ten times mm. and they're they're most certainly bleeding to death. You're right. And and at that point, you just have one bolt left, and like, well, I'm going to put it into this person. It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to do anything at this point. And this, no, this thing is already dead. This thing is destroyed. I yep. mean, it's yeah. just yeah. like, I let's guess just it's supposed to, be, it. yeah. supposed to be the horror movie thing. I think you know, right at the end oh, of the horror the, movie, oh, it's, the the, it's the, the monster wakes up again. Don't look to the Asmus Ranger. Ha! Gotcha. You know, uh, but yeah, you didn't uh, really get me, Steve. You know, you didn't get me. <laughs> you know, you, you lost. Get, me. He did not get anyone. Yeah, you lost That's, me. But I wanted it's to hard. ask you guys, uh, since we're doing these two songs, uh, how could you compare them to each other? Like, uh, what's what's different and what's the same and what's uh, successful and unsuccessful? What do you think? I mean, they they have they have sort of like what's interesting about these two songs. They got a, they got they have kind of a similar thing. Was you know a lot of different parts. You know, it's very different. You know, tempos and whatnot. Uh, whereas Dream of Mirrors feels, you know, it, it's a long song, but it doesn't feel long. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's mm -hmm. everything's kind of exciting. It's moving forward. This is just a lot. This is like someone trying to write a complicated song for the sake of being complicated, and just putting a lot of parts in it. Uh, it it's like it's I mean, that's a good it's a good comparison. Like if someone were trying to write an Iron Maiden song and not really being able to, you know, and therefore just throwing in these you know long parts just to make it feel epic and whatnot, and not never really getting there. It's, so it's like mm -hmm. the same kind of ideas, but it, the one song they implemented it correctly, and the other one they did, they did not. Right. It sounds say. like someone trying to write a maiden song, and it happens to be Steve Harris trying to write <laughs> a maiden song. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what it is? What do you think, Craig? I mean, it's it's that's uh, Eric's snaps is, is pretty uh, pretty concise. I mean, it's basically like I said beginning it, it could almost they can almost be companion pieces and because mm -hmm. it's almost like well i mean they're they both follow you know traditional maiden tropes and form formulas songwriting wise yeah. but if you since we're putting them together if you're putting them next to each other you could say that one's the right turn one's the wrong turn right way mm -hmm. wrong way it's it's almost like they 
they tried it on this one and then they got to the next record and they're like, well, you know, maybe let's let's give this type of thing a go again since we fell flat on our faces the last, you know, it's yeah. I think you've got a really good analogy, a good idea that this Virtual Eleven will be a transitional album because I think a lot yeah. of the mistakes they made on Virtual Eleven made Brave New World so good, and also yeah. obviously the attitude going into Brave New World, like we're gonna do it right this time. We have we have this one shot to become big again, whereas Virtual Eleven yeah. is more the band is getting tired of themselves. Like Nico famously was not really into being in Maiden at this time. He right. was one. He was one of the guys together with Rod that uh, kind of uh, orchestrated the whole reunion. Sweet talking yeah, Bruce on one end, sweet talking Steve on the other yeah. end, and telling them like, yeah, Bruce really wants to talk with you, and telling Steve, right. Steve really wants to talk, <laughs> Bruce, uh, <laughs> telling Bruce, Steve really wants to talk to you, and like, uh, you know, manipulating them, then putting them together for dinner, like, let's not talk about the maiden, just a dinner, you know, that kind of thing, right. yeah, kind of smooching them well, in. With with very, I mean, they're both alphas, they're both very powerful yep. personalities. You you kind yeah. of have to. You have to be delicate because they're they're two very powerful people you kind of have to massage egos and because that's a lot of firepower in one room you really Mm -hmm. nico probably like you said he had to kind of finesse the phones as they say you know and really just kind of say oh yeah yeah he wants you have to make it seem like the other one is is caving in neither one of them would be the one that would would cave in and say no i want you back or yeah. Or oh, I want to come back. It had to. You have to make it seem like it was their idea. You know, you right, have to make right. it seem like, you know, it's just, yeah. But everyone, you know, they both have to feel like they're in complete control, which is interesting yes, because it's almost exactly. impossible. It's almost impossible. I think they really need Rod for this too. Famously, yeah. they are this triangle right now. Like the yeah. three bosses of Maiden would be Bruce, Steve, and Rod, and I think they really need that. You know, it couldn't be just yeah. Bruce and Steve because it would clash too hard. You can't Pretty argue with results. Rod Rod Smallwood's the buffer. You know he's yeah. the buffer. Yeah. You, 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 and the results are it's a tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. You know. Yeah, there you go. Very, very, very much so. And I think yeah, it's just interesting. And also it baffles me how short the period was when Bruce was out. It was five years. Five years. It's, a lot happened. It's, the last it five seems... years, like we got in a fishing book. You know, in five years, that's <laughs> a fishing book. That's it. <laughs> During the same time, Blaze did his whole thing with Maiden and tried to keep the fort up, making two albums, doing world tours. Now it's just a fishing book. <laughs> Five years now. Oh, and eight, a live album. Yeah, Legacy as yeah. well. And, two uh, live albums. Yeah. So, Maiden, no, one live album. One. Maiden's output in the 90s, well, I should say the, the Bruce Less period, the Blaze period, mm. it, it's, it's kind of like the 90s for metal in like a microcosm. Like being mm. a metal fan in the 90s, it felt like a 15-year decade. You know, yeah, no. <laughs> definitely. You know, definitely. it felt like it took forever in like the maiden period. Like, the, I mean, the X Factor. I mean, that that record is. It's not an easy listen. It's a very, very. It, it's, it it's like laborious. Like you really have to like put the time in. And, and Virtual yeah. Eleven, I think, was less so. But with songs like "Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger," I mean, that's really that's testing patience. You know? yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I think I'm, like yeah. continue. I was gonna say I think because you know being such a huge fan of that band, it was really there was that when it when it righted itself. Literally, at like the end of the decade, it was almost like the worst decade for metal ended, and so it could resume as it was. Yeah. B- yeah, before yeah. it, you know, it's like okay, well, well, Maiden's back, 
And and then obviously I'm sure Judas Priest took note of that and was like, well, maybe we need a good helper. And so then everything just started putting itself back together. Maiden, yeah. Maiden getting back with Bruce, Brave New World, that might be like a that might be a paradigm shift for societies. I don't know. I mean, we have in America, you know, it it seems like we're much more fickle and we're much more trend-based, unfortunately, as far as music like that. And from our point of view, it just seems like over there, it's just metal paradise always. And, Uh and you guys always have it great. Your bands are all great. You know, metal is always good, you know, and like, it just seems like it popularity here kind of ebbs and flows. And over in America, it seems like the brave new world was like, that was the paradigm shift. It was like metal became, that was the start of it. It started kind of mm-hmm. like new metal started kind of phasing itself out after that. And then right. it started to go, the, the good, the old bands started getting back together and it was just, everything went the right direction after 10 years of the wrong direction. Like it was miserable yeah. over here. Now, like, even, even here, terrible. I talked to this guy the other week uh, who was really into his nineties metal and he, he hated Maiden at the time because he felt that everything was so cheap, you know. They could be coming up with a video game. The videos look but ugly. Like, nothing oh, yeah. is working, you know. And I never had that because I was a kid at the time. So I was still amazed. And I was, you know, going back through the back catalog and everything. So I never had that. And then the reunion came. So my timing well, was also, very fortunate, yeah. really. Yeah, I would say definitely. But also, I mean, when Maiden came out, they were obviously way heavier. And by the time you know 95 had come around i mean death metal was already a thing so it's like maiden was basically like soft rock compared to so i mean and obviously the the culture of at least american culture is always you know aggressive and angry and upset just because we're just very stressed out people by nature and so i think (laughs) but so are we actually you know know, well (laughs) i would say there's a lot of nerves up here in a way, we all are. We all got our yep. strife and our our stuff like that. But like in America, just we just we totally threw everything in the trash. Everything. Well, not me personally, because obviously yep. it worked out great for me. I bought a vast majority of my record collection. I bought from used CDs that people were just getting rid of, like mm, yeah. like you know, in the nineties. So it's tapes for chocolate milk. That's right, tapes for yeah. chocolate milk too. I still <laughs> have those one. tapes too, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. The cover of this episode, the the cover illustration should be a chocolate milk (laughs) bottle. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate milk carton with the picture of a missing Bruce Dickinson on it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. I got to see if I can. I'll see if I can do something about that. (laughs) Yeah. So, speaking of the episode, we're actually running out of time a little bit here. We're on the last few minutes. We're doing it over Zoom today, and I I haven't bought Zoom yet. So, we're under time restrictions. (laughs) And also, I guess, Greg, you got to get on with your day, too. Kids are waking up soon, I guess. Yes, the sun's starting to come up. Yeah, over here. So, uh, Buffalo, a, New York, huge yeah. thanks for for joining us in the like in the really in the in the ass crack of dawn. You know, hey, you know <laughs> what? If it, it, it's if for this Perfect, talking maiden yeah. with with dudes across the pond, I mean that's that's the shit. It's awesome. It's awesome, it's and also the first um, first American guest. I like that. You know, we waiting oh, for that. Oh, oh that's I'm I'm honored to be the first guest from America. It's I had a blast. I could do this. I could do this all the time. It's fucking awesome. Well, we'll definitely have you back at some point, you know, man. We, you got to come back. Well, that works out great for me. I will, I will definitely be back at some point if you guys ask. Cool. So Perfect. Great. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and also, just for order, you know, this song is not on the list. No, that's, I can't imagine. It's just not. 
Well, okay, no. hey, uh, Made in A to Z, we have our socials as well, Made in AZ Pod, a little bit everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, yep. uh, Instagram, uh, been having a lot of fun with Instagram lately, I got like eight, 850 likes on the dad bot. Yeah, that was nuts, Dad yeah. bot Dave, <laughs> in, in Hawaii, <laughs> so that's cool. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's, cool. I guess it's just a nice, a nice photo, but... So again, yeah. thanks, Greg, for, for joining us today and uh, looking forward to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. Yes, fun. absolutely, dudes. You guys have a great day and um, continue the excellent work. I, uh, I look forward to it every week. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. And Thank we will, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I will just say as I do, I have a catchphrase now. You do? It goes like this. Up the irons and squall from the north. That That's, that's very good. That's, that's a good one. Um, yeah, well, you know, the car runs on gasoline and oil, so you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta make that. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm gonna stop this one so it doesn't stop itself because I'm, I'm, right. I'm, a bit, I'm paranoid. So, see you guys. Okay. Catch Great you one. Later. Bye Take bye. Care. Take care. Hemlig meddelande till Jonathan. Jag har fotografiskt bevis att Martin Timmel mördade prinsessa Diana. Om du inte hör från mig inom en vecka betyder det att TV4 har mördat mig för att tysta mig. Så nu vet du det. Spring till Affanblad och berätta för alla. Förut så när min Spotify var använde som så här, kontot vi hade igång på Gullevillan. Då fick jag suga. Det var så mycket skit som spelade sig. Så det tog år liksom, för att liksom, återhämta alltså, för att den skulle återhämta sig. Jag likar just grejer jag själv har liksom kommenterat. Alltså stuff jag själv skrev fast som inte riktigt kommer ihåg att jag skrev för att jag kanske hade äh, 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 tagit del av äh, en hel del äh, maltbaserad dryck igår. Äh, och sen kommer jag ihåg att jag själv skrev det så jag likade mina egna kommentarer för att jag vill ha vettigt det där. Och sen, aha, det var jag som skrev det. <laughs>